0: than in it. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on Triple H 100.1 FM or via podcast, here's the show where you can learn from experts, be inspired by journeys and discover more about your small business success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate and small business owner. Now, today we're talking all about how to get started and how to get help when you get started. With a welcome influx of innovation startups in our new small business community, it's helpful for experienced small business owners and newbies to understand the startup support landscape. Your idea can be grown, collaborated with, mustered, incubated, accelerated with so many opportunities to choose from and might I add to pay for, the scene can appear cluttered. Beware to many experienced charlatans claiming to understand what it means to be starting out or have an inkling about what the path to growth looks like. We need to have information to help our friends in the startup community, insert descriptive text here, preneurs, to Navigate this brave new world. So, we invited Carolyn Lepron, the founder of several successful startups, in scooting, including Scoutly, to help us share the information about the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences that is the startup support world. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. Thank you, Alexi. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. Now, you used to work in Hornsby. You're familiar with the lay of the land. Do you yeah, know what I Hornsby. say? <laughs> Well, you miss the trees. I don't know how much more about Hornsby (laughs) that you would miss. But it's great to have you here on Community Radio. And we're going to talk today all about your experiences with that that landscape? Because I guess if you were starting um, a new business these days, you'd go out there and you'd go, okay, I need some help. And then you'd be just swarmed by all these different options. Is that how it felt for you? Or did you just have amazing research skills and you went, I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to talk to people? I mean, how do you start to navigate that world?
1: Um, I think for me, I was completely lost. I had no idea, but I was even trying to start a startup, So. I didn't even know that it was a word for like a company and a startup it was different Uh, I think I was just like trying to solve some issue without thinking like oh I'm going to build a business and it's by only trying and searching and researching like about my business that I realised that, oh, okay, there's people that do startups, there's people that do company and there's many things out there and what should I do next? And,
0: and so it's a bit of a sort of a trial and error, I yes. guess. Tell us a little bit about, um, because obviously if everyone's listening, you can hear that um, your your background is obviously not sort of, you know, 13 generations Australian <laughs> or 13,000 no. generations Australian as the case may be so tell me a little bit about how you came into the startup world and what the background was
1: um, so my background is French of course easy um, and came here for internship uh, 12 years ago now and uh, never left because I loved Sydney so much and I um, I, I went into many jobs and all my jobs I was always thinking like, Oh, I think I can do things faster, I think I can do things better, like why are we not change that and why are we like why are we spending so much money on that? And I was always looking at the impact that we we're having for the money that we we're spending mm. and I was always surprised that like even by working at the council here, it was like, why are we spending so much money and not having a bigger impact?
0: I wonder (laughs) if a lot of people who do startups are coming from that background of, I just want to make things work (laughs) more efficiently because
1: that is a problem
0: with government. It's just sort of, strangles itself with so many processes and things that they have to do that they just can't move fast enough.
1: But not even not only government I worked for like private companies, small businesses before and I was always looking at like oh we can do things faster or we can do things better or also like uh, why are we spending like we were spending millions of dollars into incentives sending people overseas and they didn't want to travel anymore because they had to travel a few times a year and they were sick of it mm. and we were spending millions on them and I was always thinking like why are we doing that why are we not using this money to do something that like really matters I'm sure we'll send them to Africa uh, uh, just do some community work that will be more inspired but what we do instead of like sending them to Bora Bora for like a week of crazy holidays yeah. where it was like no meaning for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very so a very much. good point. And that's what a lot of what drives you in a lot of the things that you do. You're trying to find meaning and I guess make things more efficient and use money effectively. Tell us about some of your successes um, with the, the little businesses that you've started up.
1: Yeah, um, so the previous business that I had was about commercial kitchen space and what I liked about it is how a cafe or restaurant could use their cafe during their downtime for other food businesses to to come and use it uh, at night time or in the morning, depending, for example. If it was a cafe and closed at night time, someone could come and use it. And what I like about uh, this type of business was it was a win-win. So, on the cafe was making extra money to be able to pay their bills, serve a customer well, so they don't have to increase their price, they don't have to cut on the, the size of a fries or something. Because sometimes, if it's not going well, they have to change. And after they start making some changes, and it's impacting them, and, and after they have to close down after some point. And for small food businesses that want to start to get a commercial kitchen is very expensive very difficult to find so when i was looking at starting businesses it was like okay how can we help and and now with my current business um it's like, how can we help anyone with any type of house or cars to be able to make extra income with what they have so they can get some uh, extra revenue to build their own dreams? Not about, like, looking at my dreams, but also, like, how can I empower someone to start their new dream? And and that's what I really like, like, a lady that... Um, Put, she renovated her own house. She made a beautiful little house. It's it's quite tiny, but she's already been able to rent it out twice. And the way that she wants to help out is she's using this money to give it to another charity because that's the way she likes it. As like someone else, she already made $5,000 onto her house and she just finished renovation and she just used it to pay for like the renovation. And yeah. I like that like everyone can use... Um, uh, Scoutly in a different way. It's like, how can I make money by renting out my house for photo shoots and video shoots, and what can I do with this money?
0: Yeah, it's such a it's such a useful way to think about things because I think the sharing economy is growing, obviously, and the the notion that, It's not about the stuff that you own, and we're no longer, you know, a community of hoarders anymore. It's about sharing and and getting better use out of the things that we purchase, rather than having single-use items surrounding us. I I love the idea of Scoutly. So um, it sounds to me like in both of those cases, they were brand new, fresh ideas. Um, I don't know. I I know that by the time Scoutly came around, a few other places were doing sharing economy stuff. Yes. But back in the time when you were organising the, the sharing space for the kitchens and the commercial kitchen space, I know that not much was happening in that space. So you, you immersed yourself in the startup. Um, entrepreneur world. And tell us about that journey where you were trying to make a decision about which program, platform, incubator, accelerator to choose and how do you you find the right choice for your business?
1: I think what's very important is trying to understand at what stage you are at because there are a lot of different programs, but every program um, reply to different needs so the first program that I did uh, was when I had no idea of how to start a business what to do to even launch a business and um, I I did a program called the Founder Institute mm-hmm. so it's a program that's been created in San Francisco and they have like chapter in everywhere around the world and what's interesting is um, you can when you do their class you you meet once a week for like a few hours, like on a, I think it was a Tuesday night for a few hours, and they they really teach you in three months how to do all the important steps, and the most important idea is they test your ID and ask you to change your ID. And they ask you to come with, instead of having only one ID, they ask you to come with three IDs and to push three IDs for two weeks and test it on many people around you. Because what I can see as like a big issue for many entrepreneurs, they stuck you with one ID and they think it's the best, but they forgot to check if it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and sometimes we run for years on like thinking that it was a good idea. And, and many people even more if they are technical, the good thing is I'm not, um, they usually build the ideas for a few years until launching one day, realizing that no one wants it. No testing. Yeah, no testing. Mm. And so this program, um, there's a few different programs. Some of them you have to pay for them. Some of them they pay you to do it. So that's uh, like... So that's why the program are very different. But what you have to know as well is most of the time they don't want the same. So the program that you have to pay for it is like usually you have an ID. You're still working full time probably or part time or don't work if you can. <laughs> but um, they give you probably like 20 or 30 hours of homework every week. And they ask you to test your IDs and, and they push you to do things that, like, I I've never thought. Like, for example, like, reaching out to CEO of company that already closed down that was similar to your IDs in other countries. And I was thinking, no one will respond to me. And I contacted, like, someone in India that had a kind of a similar-ish ID, and, and he did respond, and he was very happy. And same in San Francisco, I reached out, and and I was very surprised that, like, people were happy to tell you what happened to them. and, and So you're actually asking about... In other parts of the world, people have tested
0: this idea and and had a failure mm. and asking them for some advice and some feedback. Wow. I, I'm surprised that people... Oh, we're not surprised that people responded, but in a way I am because they don't know you.
1: No. And um, it's it's surprising. But after, I think when you are a startup founder, even more when I close already a few businesses, I know people are reaching out and, and I really want to tell them like what I did and making sure that like they're not going to spend so much time doing exactly the same thing. I was like... For the kitchen, I, after a while, we closed it. And, but I'm still sure it's a good idea. We mm. didn't find the right angle to continue it. But I'm still thinking that there's something to do there. So when people con- contact me and ask me about uh, the kitchens, I'm happy to answer. And I think we take it as an assumption when we're not in small business that people won't comment. Um, so that's one type. So Fonda Institute, great. They, they ask you to pitch every week, Um So you have to um, pay to join and every week they test you. And what's uh, more interesting is if you're not doing great, they uh, they have to score. Like there's mentors coming every week. They score you uh, over five and the three doesn't exist. And if your score is under three, uh, you get kicked out of a program. Oh, okay. It's like... Even if you've paid to join. Even if you pay to join. (laughs) Oh, that's harsh. uh, You are allowed... Come to the next batch, yeah. Um, but so you, it's still pushing you to really test your ideas. Like if you fail one pitch, they will give you a special assignment that will be very hard, but to push you to see if like you're ready for that. And they want to see if you're ready to be a founder because being a founder is like it's like so much ups and downs. Like it's not even like every week. It's like every day. You can yeah. like have some amazing ideas and solutions. And but so that's one of type of a program. After you have like all the accelerator, part of universities, so... Yeah, how are they different? Um, they're different because usually they ask one of the founder to be part of a uni- university or an alumni from the university. Oh, so you have to have a connection with the university, like either
0: studying there or previously studied or... Yes, right.
1: an alumni or uh, or someone from your team uh, asked to be, uh, yeah, an alumni or a current student. Um Depending on the program, some of them give you money. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them... Take, some of them, I think, take equity. Some of them don't take equity. So sometimes they just give you money and don't take any equity. I think where they can be very useful is uh, they give you a bit of money, but they give you an office space where you can bring more people
0: ah, right. So that's
1: very useful. And they also bring good mentors. And also uh, they do classes every week or so. But that doesn't sound to me like it's as structured as something like the Founders
0: Institute, because I guess, are you on a, a timetable? With um, a university incubator? Yeah, so... you still on timetable.
1: Um, I think the program are changing. Like, the one I did doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I, I did the uh, UTS Hatchery Plus, and it was, like, still a timetable with, like, start date and end date. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've... Um, like what I like as a founder, it can be difficult to track your time, track your progress. And I like when it there is a structure, and every week you have to report back because it's so easy to just be like, "Oh, I will do that next week," and because no one is asking you, yes. you don't realize it's next week and you haven't done it. As like as soon as you are part of a structure, uh, like any of the accelerator, you have to report back of like what have you been doing, and that's what I really like. And so there is the after like there is this university accelerator, and there is like a third type. Oh, there's many of them, but the last big type that I think are also um, big accelerator program like Startmate, Murudi, Scalata program, where they're much more competitive. Like It's like between 200 to 500 applicants and they only take 10 to 20. Right. But they give you between $60,000 to $100,000 and for 6 to 10% equity.
0: Yeah, so are they funded by venture capitalists who are then investing... Uh, maybe across the board in all of these programs in the hope that one of them is going to be a unicorn. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. That's the aim. Um, Some of them may have like some money from the government as well. Uh, Some, uh, there's some um, government grants about that and some of them, yeah, it's just, uh, sometimes it's like the advisor that will put their own money in. Mm -hmm. So, the good thing I didn't realize that is when the advisor are putting their money in, they really want you to succeed. <laughs> I was like, when I had to choose between Startmate and Murudi before, I was thinking like Murudi was part of Telstra. They, they, they just, they closed down now. But um, I was thinking they were giving us more money. They're giving us very nice office at the middle of Hyde Park and they're like uh, in house staff. So because I was like thinking, oh, if they have more money in and they have enough staff, it's good. But at the same time, the issue is, like, they paid to be there. As, like, for example, Startmate, they're not paid. They want you to succeed, and they're putting their money in. Yeah. So I didn't realise that, like, of course, if people are putting their money in, they, they really push you more than someone who is just paid to do the job. So so
0: many levels that you need to research because it's not – yes, you said there's some programs that you pay for yeah. where you would have expectations of success or at least having, a, you know, a, a starting point at the, when you finish the program – But you've got to investigate who's investing, why they're investing, Mm. if the staff are there because they have to be or because they want to be and they're emotionally invested, plus the time that it takes because your time is especially when you're a founder and you want to try to get something off the ground, your time is so valuable because in the months that can pass when you're getting something up and running, someone else could be getting the same thing up and running. We're going to take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. You might also be listening across the community radio network and wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll be back in a few moments. I'm Dr Nick Coatsworth, your Deputy Chief Medical Officer. Issues there. So, we're back on Triple H 100.1 FM and we're speaking on Small Wiz Matters with Caroline, who's been through quite a number of, um, I guess, machinations and versions of startups. And she has uh, built up and continued on with different startups along the way. And I think what makes you different um, is you're constantly testing these ideas and constantly testing them. Um, through programs that support you. And if you were listening just before the break, we were speaking about the importance of, um, I guess, understanding where the money's coming from with each of these programs because um, it's important to know who's investing both their time and their investment dollars into the programs that you're you're a part of. So, um, Caroline, when it, when you were doing this, is that something that you researched beforehand or did you just sort of stumble along the way and, and, and think, oh, okay, I probably should have done things a bit differently because these people didn't really feel as though they're invested with their their time?
1: I think um, it's also so diffi- difficult and competitive to get accepted into any of them that I would say like, yes, it's always good to have your favourite, yeah. but make sure that you apply to like many of them because it's so difficult to get in and from many programs we had to apply once and only got accepted to the one after sometimes it took us a year to get in so right, wow. it's not like an easy to get in and also like this program the probably one of the biggest accelerators worldwide is called YC, Y Combinator in uh, San Francisco and this one I think they say that like 50% of the founders applied at least twice before getting in Um, because it's very successful it's where like company like airbnb and other company been there and and the network of alumni as well is huge and and you, at the end of this program in San Francisco, you pitch to all the big investors and angel investors. Like there's like 400 people in the room. So the scale can be very different. Um, one of the accelerator programs that I didn't mention here yet, like I did say that, like StartMate, um, I think is very good. I haven't done it, uh, I did not already, but it's closed down. It was good, but it's closed down. There's also one in Melbourne called Scalata program. Um, they I think give you a hundred thousand dollars for ten percent of your company, and I think right now it's a very good deal in australia uh and what I like about this program i haven 't done it yet, hopefully one day uh what I like about this program is um they before starting the program, they researched and they went and spoke to every accelerator worldwide and asked them like what worked what didn 't work, and before even starting, they did all their research and and got some mentors that already did startups because sometimes it's very difficult as well is like uh the uh, entrepreneur in residence, if someone was going to b- like back you up every week and ask you questions and push you, and if they haven't done it, really, like yeah. it's very difficult. It's so. like that,
0: you know. You don't get a business coach that's never run a business because they need to understand what, it likes, what it's what's like to go through that. And the program you described down in Melbourne is that um, independent? Is that something you should be looking for? Do you worry about maybe you halfway through a program and the accelerator disappearing <laughs> halfway through?
1: So they they backed by a big fund. So uh, they don't have an issue of disappearing. And the good thing is they were supposed to come to Sydney at some point, but with COVID, <laughs> uh, they're coming to Sydney now uh, because it's all online. Uh, from I was going
0: to ask about that. Do you have to be in San Francisco to do the San Francisco program or in Melbourne to be the Melbourne program?
1: So. Before COVID, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The good thing is COVID kind of is helping for that. Um, When right now, I think the San Francisco program is going to be online. The Melbourne program is going to be online. At the same time, I don't know what it would be like to be doing the San Francisco program online or the Melbourne program online because one of the main thing that I got out of uh, the Murudi program was like an amazing uh, group of founders that really helping each other. And one of them is now my tech advisor and he really helped me to build the next company. Uh, As an advisor, he came and helped me and he was just sitting next to me at this program. So So
0: it's about that who's in the room and who's collaborating with you face to face. You can't really take that away, can you? And it's so important when you're you're being nurtured and you're you're growing as a as a company and you're growing your ideas. You've got to be able to have those people to bounce off.
1: Yeah, and also like when you're having a very bad day, and they, the other one will pay you a drink or, yeah. or bring you a burger or something <laughs> like that's yeah. the one that like you need. And yeah. also giving back whenever like because everyone is having bad days. Even if like even the most successful companies in the program will have terrible days, and 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 it's very good that like we can all learn from. Uh, a a mistake, but also like what has been successful for us and sharing that is, I think, is uh, very valuable. Can I ask you a philosophical discussion now because you've been through
0: a lot of these programs and you understand the lay of the land. Do you think that corporate Australia has more of a role to play when it comes to nurturing startups and
1: providing these programs? I think it's a difficult question because um, I'm not sure... Sometimes they want to do it well, but sometimes they will ask you to do so many homework that maybe you don't need to do. So there is the good and the bad about that because depending of f- how flexible they are, with, uh, because sometimes you are in a program, but you need to also be very fast. Like, if you don't move fast enough, like maybe someone is just going to appear in Australia or in another country and, and you're dead. Like, for us, like the co-founder of Uber decided to launch Cloud Kitchen when we were already like a year in business. And he had like millions in his pocket. So when yeah. he, he appeared, you're like, uh-oh, like it's it's difficult. And and I think corporate could help, but also they have to be careful of like not trying to put their own rules of moving slow and testing everything uh, on a startup where... Like moving fast and breaking
0: everything. Yes, exactly. It's, you've got to have that startup mentality. And we hear a lot about when corporate, the corporate world is trying to support small business or be involved in our culture. They just don't get the fact, like you said. I love it. You've got to be able to break things, and they don't want to break things because they've got shareholders that they have to adhere. You know, advise and well, they have to make report sure that they, yeah, exactly, report to. So yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting angle on things. So tell me about what you should expect from any program, whether you're paying for it, whether you're paying for it with your time uh, or you're involved as a student or you're involved um, because someone is sponsoring you, for example. What are the different steps in these programs you should expect to go through? Like what, what boxes do they tick?
1: And maybe just before we go there, one more thing is there's also one program that's very good for, depending on what you need. As soon as you big enough and you want to expand overseas. There's also a program called Austrade that do landing pads. Yes. And yes. I think that's very important because people don't know about it. And um, they, th- what they provide is quite different. They provide like there is a landing pad in five different cities in the world. And it's more like when you are <laughs> usually supposed to go there. Yeah. So <laughs> let's see after COVID. But uh, there's one in San Francisco, one in Shanghai, I think one in uh, Germany and one in Israel. I think, And they help you with free office space plus mentorship overseas. And they give you access to their contact as well, to their portfolio companies or their uh, network. So I think that's also, they don't take any money and they don't give you any money. The only thing that they give you is um, space and mentorship and advisors. Um,
0: And you can also apply to have grants um, for your travel costs as well, I understand, through AusGrad, AusTrade.
1: uh, yes. And there is also like a, yeah, the EMDG grant, like where you can get like 50% of most of your expenses reimbursed and things like this. So. We might actually, just as
0: an aside note, we might bring someone on the program from Austrade to talk a little bit more about that program and how people can access it. But thank you so much for highlighting it. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's talk about the different things that you should expect to learn when you're on one of these accelerator slash incubator slash preneur programs. <laughs> I'm going to
1: call it a preneur program. <laughs> I think the main thing that you get and you're sure to get is a space like a desk. I will say like the desk and the cohort is probably like we don't realize but probably one of the most valuable thing because you can get your team together, you can get interns coming in, you can get uh, you can start to have some team members, co-founders maybe the first employees because many of these programs give you money so you can start spending a bit of money uh, employees Um, I think uh, after the learning can be quite different but uh, most of them will teach you um, like what to like what to do next like where you're up to and what to do next they will help you to pitch your startup uh, sometimes I feel like they want you to pitch before you're even doing a startup so it can be a bit tricky but at the same time you need to be able to tell like what they call like the elevator pitch you need to be able to tell to someone in one minute like what you're doing and what's your plan um, mm-hmm. and I think that's important um, but after from one accelerator to another, uh, the learning and and the teaching can be quite different. So I would say like the main thing is like you may get money, space and a cohort would be like the main thing that you
0: get. It's so interesting that you mentioned the space as being so important because we're hearing you know, obviously commercial rent is, is very much in the news at the moment with COVID. But there will be an evolution of what big cities like Sydney are doing with that space uh and and maybe we'll see more of that available to startups and and that community to to help things accelerate a bit more but you really feel that that is such an important part of because it's just about being in that space
1: yeah and also like being with other founders like and and just like sometime you finish working late and you both there and you just have a conversation and you just someone tells you something and Mm-hmm. and bam, like, the issue that you are having, like, we it just, it just resolved it in one, like, in one minute. Like, sometimes you just don't know what can happen, and I think I love working from home right now. It, like, makes me, like, much more focused, but I really miss also, like, the time where I think, like, having a mix of, like, like much more time working from home is good but uh, I think it's good also to have like people around you and being able to share
0: um. and and should you be expected so you mentioned pitching networking obviously the the opportunities when you're sitting around people um the importance of understanding how to test your product what about business acumen what about you know finances and um maybe things like social media marketing and all those
1: Legal i mean do do they take you through that, or is sometime but right. sometimes it's well done, sometimes it's not <laughs> uh, sometimes they ask like for example, an accountant to come and teach you things, but for issues is, like sometimes the accountant is just trying to tell you like how you can like buy their services and Yeah. And and they're not really telling you like how to be agile with your accounting. <laughs> yes. And at the very beginning, like you don't make much money, you spend much more money. Like they they I think we need like <laughs> Startup accountants. You need people
0: who have started up an accounting practice or a start or a fintech to really understand what it's like. Yeah, like, and,
1: like they, and also making it super simple because I don't want like some graph that like are so difficult and I have no time to do it. Like, give me like the basic of accounting that I need to do, mm-hmm. and like something that like that will help me to not have like fifty Excel spreadsheets and invoices and everything, and like telling me like what's the basics. I think sometimes you just need the basics. Yeah, but also like, and what like one of the comments that I made to many accelerators is good to have like someone teaching you like the, like accounting one-on-one, great. But after, I think it's good that they sit down with every business and explain you how to put it in practice. Same for... Um, social media marketing and things like this because sometimes they show you like scenario and case study. Look, we made like a million dollar by doing this and this and this. And after you look at your business and it's like, there's no way that you can yeah. replicate that on your business. Yeah, so, it's not relevant to what I'm doing. And sometimes you just feel like you're wasting some time. So it's very difficult as a small startup business, start, startup founder to know like what should we do next? Like what's next? And and I think sometimes so having someone that's not here to make money, that's here to help. And that really show you like the five next points that you should do with your mm-hmm. business could be very, very useful.
0: Yeah, it's it's that whole thing about, you know, an accountant doesn't necessarily make a good teacher, doesn't necessarily make a good practitioner. So you've got to find those those right people and I guess you should have those expectations of um, an incubator or an accelerator or a start-up program to be able to do that for you and deliver that information.
1: So you mentioned... Um, One other thing that I also uh, Mm. want to add is some of the accelerators also send you, like with Morodi, they send us for one week in San Francisco and they also open all their network over there. And also to just be able to go to the offices of like DocuSign and to go to the office of like, um, like we went and visited Airbnb office. Like I think it's just open your eyes and be like. Wow, like you really go to like the next world, but also you realize that like, sometimes you speak to founders of huge company and they're just like normal people. And <laughs> you know, like so many times we feel like, are oh, they special or this or that, but no, you meet them and you're like... The oh. celebrities of the startup world. Yeah, but they're just normal, and 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 the offices is like full of cool people, but like and and they some weird people and everything. <laughs> but Caroline, I'm beginning to think you should start up a startup program because
0: <laughs> with all this knowledge that you have about what works and what doesn't work and what works for some and what works for others, um, I think that's your your future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I fail this company, maybe I think about it. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, this one uh, this one is starting well, and I think I can use all my knowledge now to really have. Uh, uh being successful, but that's the journey of a preneur isn't it?
0: It's yeah. about um testing and trying things, and this doesn't work, but knowing recognizing when something is when you're flogging a dead horse do do the programs help you recognize that as well? It's almost like succession planning for startups do they help you recognize when something's just not working?
1: It's difficult It's like trying to tell a mum, but the baby is ugly like <laughs> Like, they can try to tell you, but like, as a mom, you don't want to listen. Like, yeah. sometimes they're like, you're not doing the right thing. But, you know, many of the startups but, like, imagine, I don't know if you use Slack, but Slack, when they started, they were doing business games, like, they were doing like computer games. Like, they mm-hmm. were, and, and it's just like they created Slack to speak between them to build games. They didn't start. By creating that, and and, like, the, and the founder of GoCardless started it because he was sick of he wanted to split bills
0: when he went to restaurants with his friends. It, sometimes it's the simplest things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: and and sometimes if you tell someone like that's a bad idea, they will never arrive to the next point. So, and and sometimes ideas that seem like stupid. Like I met someone who like met the founder of Snapchat, and when he showed him the idea, he was like <laughs> telling him, and so what's the business model? <laughs> And what are you doing? <laughs> and he was like, there's no business there. But finally, everyone heard about Snapchat after, like, what did they become or not? But, and like, now we've got a household name. How,
0: how scary. Yeah. Um, we're going to take another break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we come back, uh, I want to talk to you about choosing the right program, depending on what industry you're in. And is there a, is there a silver bullet for people who are, who are trying to achieve the perfect startup program? You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Small Biz Matters. We'll be back after this. Presenting and some great opportunities to network online as well. So, I highly recommend them. So, today we are talking all about the startup world, what it's like to be immersed in that space, to be a founder, um, as Carolyn described before the break. We've got Carolyn here from Scoutly talking all about what it's like to begin a business and go through each of these programs in detail. Now, Carolyn, I want to ask you, does it depend on what type of business you have as to the startup program that you should be doing and how to choose one?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's very important, even more when you grow a bit, to really pick. Uh, I spoke with some that are very generalist because I've been in marketplaces and I haven't been uh, specialized. But for example, if you are specialized in deep tech or um, in biotech or in education like edutech or any type. of of different like very specific business, there's different accelerator programs that exist and I will really recommend to look at them because if they specialize in your field they can really help you much more uh about like trying to like achieve what you want to do. There's one called the Remarkable Remarkable Program and it's all about inclusive tech. And 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 if you're trying to go with an inclusive ID to some of a tech accelerator, they, they're not really interested. Like many of them look at like how much money can you make and how quickly can you make it. What do you mean by inclusive tech? Uh, It can be anything about like uh, uh, that can be around disability and um, how can you make um, um, life um, for small community better in Mm. different ways. So I was just looking at their page and there's like how how they created like um, someone created like a robot to help people that cannot go to school or like there's different type of tech that you can create mm. um, uh, for helping some uh, specific people and I think sometimes when you really, you're really passionate about an idea, uh, it's very important to find the people that are ready to support you because if you're asking like I love when people say like if you're asking like a, um, a fish to uh, climb a tree, it's not possible so trying to find like the right help for your startup. Can also be very beneficial. Sometimes it can take time, but sometimes it doesn't have to be an accelerator. It can be also like um, right now. What I did is like uh, for this business. I I was thinking like okay, I will start very quickly. Like I launch a very ugly website just to see if there is any any need. But it's also like testing testing it very quickly because I've done the mistake of spending too much time flooding a dead horse. Like, I spent two and a half years on my previous one and I was like, I don't want to do the same. I want to launch quickly, see if there is any traction, and if there is any traction, I will make it n- better. And after, like, you can go to an accelerator program, but sometimes you don't get in, and but you can still, like... Um, some of my friends recommended you, like why you don't do like friends and family and I was like I don't have rich friends but I can just give me money and, mm. but you don't also need to have rich friends like uh, everyone can give you like two thousand dollars five thousand dollars there is like some very simple like uh, a, there is something called a safe note that you can do and you just like write a piece of paper you you can ask your accountant but you you there's everything online that you don't really need a lawyer so you can make it very simple and get a bit of money to go to the next step and after when you are to the next step it's much easier to get into this accelerator it's much easier to get much more money but sometimes we so focus on like i know so many people that spend months trying to get into every accelerator and never get in and don't move forward as like you could have maybe asked for a bit of money around you and and you have started and you have to be clear with like for me, it was friends, family, and I asked on my LinkedIn, and some people just came out of nowhere. I didn't know where they're coming from. I just raised a bit of money, but uh, I've been clear with them. I was like, you know, there is like ninety nine percent of chance that you will fail, and I will not give you even money back. You have to be clear with them. But yes, but you mentioned there is some there is some documentation out there that
0: you can access that does make it, yes. uh, somewhat. I don't want to say somewhat legal, but it makes it robust. It's not just yeah. about somebody putting some money in your bank account.
1: There's a, um, um, a website from the government called AVCAL, A-V-C-A-L, uh, where there's uh, a template for a safe note, and that's just someone giving you money now, and that you will put a valuation down the track. Uh, I will say like... There is a lot of documentation online, have a look, but it's also what they do at Y Combinator in the US uh, and they created these safe notes. It's just they give you money and if you fail, you don't have to give them back. So it's, it's an IOU,
0: but if... Uh, unless it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, IOU, but not if this idea doesn't work kind of thing. Yeah, so... Um, I think it's also a great idea is to sometimes just be able to start your business. And uh, sometimes you have a money, like if you have a bit of money and you can put it in your own business, great. But if you do like me and try to go from one business to another and you don't have any more money to spend on, uh, you can also like try to get from friends and family. And at some point, you may they may get very rich and, or they may lose everything. But if I gave you two to $5,000, it may be nothing for them, but make a huge difference for you.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's about that investing their time and their energy and their belief, I guess, like you have to invest your belief in yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Small Biz Matters today. It's been fascinating to hear about your journeys, but also to hear all the different ways that you can get support and the ways to find the right support to you. Now, tell us how people can find out a little bit more about Scoutly. Uh,
1: so, Scarly is just online, uh, S-K-O-U-T-L-I dot com. And yeah, please list your house, your cars, your boats so they can be rented out for photo shoots
0: and video shoots. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Now today, if you've missed any of today's program, you can catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au. We're now up to 170 podcasts just like this one. So much valuable small business education. Share it, subscribe it. And if you're enjoying listening to it, please give us a little bit of a, a rating on iTunes. That always really helps. So next week, we've got another couple of great guests joining us on the program. We're going to talk about JobKeeper 2.0. We've got Nicole Lynch coming on the program from Streamline uh, Accounting. No, not Streamline Accounting, Streamline Advisors. And she's a fantastic bookkeeper. She's actually um, in the running for um, Women in Finance Awards Bookkeeper of the Year, which is very exciting for her. But more importantly, she really knows her stuff when it comes to JobKeeper. (laughs) And we're going to try and unpack it after they've... Given us two point, what are we up two point six nine or something version, but we will unpack it for you next week. Plus, we've got another really interesting founder. We've got Eric, who is the founder of Swoop Aero. He was formerly uh, a US, not a US, an Australian. Navy pilot and he now um, has started up a business working with drone technology to deliver medical supplies for the third world. He's going to take us through his story. So thanks everyone for joining me here on Small Biz Matters and Triple H 100.1 FM. As you heard, we'll be having next week with another couple of great guests. I hope you all have a lovely week.